things up every once in a while just because I get bored with with the uh, same old thing. So anyway, that was a little impromptu thing with the, with the kids there. All right, if you would, for you adults in here, uh, turn with me to 1 John chapter 5. Now remember, last week we were actually dealing with the, with the Apostle John, but we were in chapter 17 of his Gospel. This is not in the Gospel of John, but rather his first epistle. So John, John actually kind of writes a good bit uh, in the New Testament. He's got the Gospel of John, he's got 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and he also has Revelation. Now before you think he's being stingy, they're not long books. So actually Luke writes more than John does, but nonetheless, uh, John finds himself here in chapter 5 talking about something that, that I think for our church and where we're at right now and for my own life and also in the season we're in concerning Lent, uh, I think this is appropriate for us today. So just read three verses here along with me in 1 John chapter 5, and we'll move from 13 to 15. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. Bless now this reading of Your Word the preaching of Your Word and our response. In Your name we pray. Amen. A fellow preacher I was reading this past week said that he went to go visit a member of his who was having surgery and he was going to pray with them as often pastors do. And it was really up in the air whether or not the person would make it through the surgery. And so he prayed, you know, they circled around the bed like probably you've been a part of at some point in your life. And they held hands and they laid hands on him and they prayed for him. And after praying for him, uh, he said amen, shook their hands and was about to leave. And one of the guys kind of piously said, well, preacher, thanks for praying for him. The good news is that whatever happens tomorrow is God's will. And he said, all right, all right. Walked out to his car. He said as he was walking, he, it just kept echoing. Whatever happens tomorrow is God's will. Whatever happens tomorrow is God's will. Whatever happens. Whatever happens. Even death. He says, hang on. <laughs> He wanted to go back up there and he said, I almost went back up there and said, hang on, we're not Muslims. We don't believe that everything is predetermined by Allah's will. We don't believe that Allah does our... Allah just means God in Arabic, but I won't use that for the sake of um, confusion. Uh, He says, 
hang on, we don't, we don't believe that God predetermines everything, that this world is absolutely determined. He determines evil. He determines rape. He determines pedophilia. No. No. We're not Muslims. And we're not pagans. We don't believe that fate controls the universe. We don't believe that things just happen because, well, things just happen. Rather, there's a mystery. Isn't there when we talk about God's sovereignty, His control? It's interesting. He's more sovereign by giving us free will than He would be to control us like robots. When I talk about controlling my kids, I don't mean I have a remote control and Jackson's going left when I say left and right when I say right. That's not what we mean by con- control your kids. You know, That's not what we mean. We don't mean chain them up. We don't mean electrocute them to get them to do what you want to do like we would a machine. They're not machines. We are not machines. Interestingly here in John, in 1 John, sorry, in two verses, he says... Three times in two verses, ask. Ask. The great mystery here is that we have a part in what's going to happen in our world. Just as I said with Moses, things shifted on one person. And Western civilization has never been the same. That revelation of I am turns into monotheism which is most of, where most of us get our worldview from I doubt anybody's a true polytheist here maybe atheist but not not polytheist learning to ask is one of the first things we have to do in prayer as you know we're in a series on prayer so just expect for the next few Sundays to maybe hammering out prayer I mean, we are in Lent after all, which is a season of praying. You deny yourself something in order to pray. Now last week we said that prayer is loving and knowing God. And doesn't John follow up what he says in John 17.3 right here in chapter 5 and verse 13 by saying, I have written these things to you so that you can know that you know Him. So that you can be assured in your own heart that you have eternal life. You know, we don't have to live our lives as Christians wondering whether or not we're going to go to heaven and be with God. That is not the Christian life. Wondering, hoping in some kind of blind nothingness. No, you can know that you are forgiven of your sins. You can know that you are walking in the Spirit. You can know that you're saved. If you don't, you can know. Now, of course, there comes troublesome times. But John says, I've written these things so that you can know that you have eternal life. What is eternal life? Knowing Jesus Christ. Plain and simply. What is prayer? Plain at base. As we said last week, getting back to the basics. What is prayer? Prayer is just talking to God. That's all it is. It's talking to God. But sometimes we ask for things and there's no response. Sometimes we ask for things and the opposite happens. And just like a little kid, we wonder, did God hear me? 
Is he deaf that he can't hear? Now, you know, gladly no one is, and none of the kids thought that you were deaf, which is good news, so you can hear this morning. But so can God. He hears everything that we say. But just because Baylor asked for a knife doesn't mean I'm going to give him a knife. I'm a little more <laughs> knowledgeable about our world because I've lived for 31 years in it. I've been cut by knives. I've got the scars to prove it. I know what they do. And especially I know what they would do in the hands of a four-year-old. So too, sometimes when we ask, well, we're not asking for the right stuff. But that's okay. You know what God says to do? Ask anyway. We're like His children, aren't we? Absolutely. And so we ask for what we want. But we always pray, Thy will be done. That's kind of the safe thing to do at the end of a prayer. Let me tell you a story about uh, a situation I found myself in when I was in college. Now, when I was in college, I thought I knew a lot. Um, some would think I still think that I know a lot. Um, that's not the case. The, 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 uh, the sharper I become with academic stuff, the more I realize how dumb I am and how little I know. I get a call from my mother saying that someone that she knows and works with, her daughter had been in a serious accident in Jackson, Mississippi, where I lived at the time. <clears throat> now, I was a Bible college student training to be in, in pastoral studies. Um, however, I had never prayed for someone that could really die within the next few hours. I'd never been in that situation. This was a young person. This was somebody that was my age. Uh, in their early 20s. And I didn't really know what to say, but that's sometimes the best situation to be in. Uh, to think that you know what to do in those situations is the wrong thing to do. Nobody knows what to do, but cry with them. Suffer with them. There are no comforting words when someone's dead. There are none. There's only comforting persons. Not words. Words will come later. So I went up and uh, I, it was really the Holy Spirit who helped me. It's not any credit due to me at all. But I laid my hands on this mangled lady girl's body. I mean, and, and prayed with her family as they cried around me. And in the prayer, I wasn't so bold as the Holy Spirit was within me to say, Lord, here's what we want. We want her to be okay. We want her to be healed so she can live a full and fruitful life. This is what we want. And this is what we expect. And this is what we ask of you. And this is what we believe will happen. Now, with that being said, the end of the prayer was, Lord, even if it doesn't happen, we're still going to praise you. We're not going to question you. You know more than we know. You're higher than we are. And so, I said amen. And the Lord healed her. <laughs> She's still alive today. And you know, it's, it's not anything to me. Again, we, however, are His vessels. He's not going to do it without us. This area, your work... Your family, 
He's not going to do it without you. He's not going to save this area. He's not going to be a presence in this area without His church. Now that's a responsibility laid on every single one of us in this room. It doesn't just happen. The world isn't controlled by fate, but instead, God. God working through human individuals like us who are not always the sharpest, don't always know what to do. We're human. And yet He chooses to use us. The first thing we need to do is just simply learn to ask. Which for some of us is tough. Because we think we have it down. We don't think we need God. Or maybe it's not that we think that, we just don't think about God at all. Isn't that a danger? Isn't that where Satan wants us most? Is in a place of not asking? I mean, John says here again, three times in two verses, ask! You turn over to Matthew. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 7 and verse 7 and 8, notice what He says here. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Jesus commands us to ask. If you have financial trouble... Ask. Isn't it interesting how we work though? We try to do it ourselves to show God how good we can do it. And the last thing we do when everything's crumbling apart is finally, oh, you know what? I, I guess I really need to get down to the business of praying. You know, we have trouble with, with family. And the last thing we do is pray. No, we're on the phone. We're trying to figure this out. We're reading books and looking online, Googling it. Why don't we pray? I mean, I'm talking to myself. I'm quicker to Google it than to pray about it. To run to Walmart than to ask God. We live in a place in a world that has been pulled, the wool has been pulled over our eyes to where we think we can do it. Just like Baylor the other night who thought he could do the job in the bathroom himself. Now guess how that turned out for me. It was a disaster and a mess. I wasn't happy about it. Especially because Jessica was gone. Don't you find that in your own life? We say, oh no, no I, I got this God, I, got, I can do... No. We make a mess of ourselves. I make a mess of myself. When all we had to do was ask. Just ask. Jesus commands it. Ask of the Father. Jesus in His earthly life, He asked of the Father. I mean, what an amazing... This is God asking God. Now, if that's the principle by which He lived by, how much more us? How much more me? 
I need to be asking for safety for my children. I need to be asking for them to be pushed out into the world as missionaries, ministers. This is their design. This is all our design. It's nothing new. You say, oh, I don't want them to go to Africa though. As my dad always says, I'd rather my children be on the other side of the world serving God than next door going to hell. He always has a way of putting things brashly but truthfully. I need to pray for my co-workers that I'm struggling with. Pray for my enemies. Ask. You know, I find this principle at work in our house. The best illustrations always come from family and marriage. Sometimes I know what Bo wants. He knows what he wants, but he doesn't get it. And you can imagine why. You've heard him scream before. You think I'm going to give something to somebody that's doing that to me? No. I'm going to raise up on him. I'm going to rise up to not use too much of a falcon's type of thing there. I'm going to rise up on on them and, and, and we'll find out who's boss. Not the scream. The scream does not get... Don't you see? Aren't babies like that though? At first, a baby could really think the world is just predetermined, wouldn't they? Because mother's taking care of everything. You know, dad's... I mean, everything's just kind of taking... But then all of a sudden, there's a turn. And now they're left in a room by themselves. And they're not happy about it. And so, they cry. And they cry. And once they get a certain shrill in their voice, here comes mama. I can't take it anymore. Well, then you lay them back down. And guess what? Now they know that if they can just shrill enough, cry enough, that they can get what they want. So they begin to manipulate at the very earliest ages. You know, we think we can do that to God. We are spiritual babies in that sense. At first it seems like God's just got everything predetermined. Everything. No, and then we think we can manipulate. But you know what He wants? He wants to get to a place where we can ask and ask rightly. Not screaming at Him. Not not trying to manipulate God. I'm going to be real good this week so that I can get that mountain bike I want. I'm going to make sure that I I do all these things for you, God. Don't don't you see me doing them over here? I'm I'm making sure I'm giving. And look, I'm even getting involved with cleaning up at the church. So you can make sure I get a house that I want. We try to manipulate. Is that the right way to ask? Is to manipulate? You ever had somebody trying to manipulate you like that? Brethren, I mean, you would be willing to give them money, but instead they're going around the world to manipulate you. It's not the right way to ask. It's not the right heart. No, no, God, no. When you come to your father, he already knows what you want. Just like me with Bo. I already know what the kid wants. I want to give it to him. But when he's screaming at me, when he's trying to manipulate, I'm not going to do it. Even though I want to. The father's the same way. Maybe your prayers aren't being answered because you're trying to manipulate God. Just be honest with him. He knows more than you can imagine. To quote from the Matrix. Just saw it this weekend. One word of advice. 
be honest. He knows more than you can imagine. Doesn't he though really? Not Morpheus, but God. Doesn't he? Absolutely. He, are, he watches us every day. I mean, if we get to know our spouse so much that I know what kind of ice cream Jessica wants, I know what would make her happy and what doesn't make her happy. You know, if I know those things, and we've only been married for nine years, come May, how much more does God know us? <laughs> He's the one who formed us. Just ask. But ask rightly, with a right heart. And when you do, you can ask with confidence. Because you know that He hears us. We know that. Just like you hear your children, but you don't give them everything they want. So too with God. He knows what we... We as adults may be able to see out there further than our children. I mean, obviously, we have a height thing on them, right? Think about God. The Bible says God is high and lifted up. He can see so far out there that we can't imagine what we're getting ourselves into sometimes when we start something, get addicted to something, go down a certain path. But He can see because He's high. We need to trust God. When He says no, we need to trust that. We need to trust that. I mean, I try to do this with my kids again. You know what I'm trying to say? Don't say anything about that movie. Your mother won't let you watch it if you don't. First thing they do, what do they do? Open their mouth back. We watched the Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. It had a bad word in it, Daddy. I mean, Mama. No. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for no... Now you're not ever going to get to watch a movie with me while, you're, while she's gone. You know. Just be quiet. Sometimes we don't need to be so talkative in prayer. Sometimes we need to listen. I mean, if prayer is talking to God, we don't need to be motor mouth and then be done. But instead, we need to stop and say, Lord, what would you have me to do in this situation? Maybe I'm in the wrong. I'm praying for my enemy. They don't like, but maybe there's something in me that's, that's not right too. Look, I just went through this. I'm saying, Lord, check me. I'm like the psalmist in Psalm 139. Before you go destroying the wicked, make sure I'm not one of the wicked. Make sure I'm not wearing their jersey. We can pray with confidence when we pray and ask rightly from a clear conscience. Not having any sin in our life. Because God is not going to hear the prayer of someone trying to manipulate Him. You know, if, if, there's, if I know that Bo has lied to me, like Baylor did, or like Jackson did one time, I'm not going to give him anything until he confesses to that lie. Have you ever had that kind of struggle? It's not going to happen until you confess it. We need to ask from a clear conscience, from a pure heart. Our motives need to be pure. What is pure? When you go to the grocery store, you get pure sugar. What does that mean? It's only sugar in there. That's it. It's not sugar and uh, corn. be weird. No, it's pure sugar. We need to ask from a pure heart. We need to say, I trust you fully. Whatever happened, before, before I ask you anything... I trust you. You know more than me. Let's just get that out of the way. You know more than me. I tr- I'm going to trust whatever you say right now. 
but I'm going to ask for this certain thing. I want this house. I want this relationship to be reconciled. I want this thorn in my side gone. But not my will, but thine. Didn't Jesus pray a similar prayer when He was in the garden? Three times He asked God to take this away. Three times Paul asked God to take the thorn out of his side. The answer was no. Are we willing to accept the no? Are we willing to trust God enough to accept when He says no? If we're asking from a pure heart, we will. If we're asking from a clear conscience, we will. If we're asking with clean hands, we will. Because we want what is best for the family. And He is our Father. Our job is to obey as children. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus asked for some specific things. Give us this day our daily bread. Do we forget? Let me confess something to you. For a long time, I thought the blessing at meals was to protect us or something, you know, like from the food. Um, Apparently, we have the EPA or whoever it is that tries to do that for us. Okay, FDA, whatever, Food Drug Administration. Who knows if they really do it or not? What? I... No, that's not the purpose of blessing. When Jesus gives a blessing for the food for 5,000, you know what He says? Thank you, God. This came from you. When He breaks bread with His disciples, you know what His you know blessing? Thank you. The blessing is one of thankfulness. We just sit down. We did this. I provided. My work did this. My paycheck provided this. My hard work in the, in the kitchen did this. No, no, no. Thank you. This comes from you. I don't have the ability except for for you. I don't have the breath. Time is in your hand, not mine. I'm limited. You're not. Thank you. Thank you. Just ask. Ask for His blessing. Ask... Here's the, here's the prayer that I've been praying for our church and for my own life for about a year. And that is, Lord, bless us so that we can be a blessing. That's not some kind of double switch. I mean it truthfully. I don't... Whatever the Lord wants me to do, I'm willing to do now. Can you say that? Bless me so that I can be a blessing. This house that I want, it's not for me, Lord. This is Your house. I, Make it a place of ministry. This car, let it be a car of ministry. What if we looked at our possessions as not our own, but lended to us? That really changes things. In the Old Testament, there was a tenth required, which is a tithe. That's what tithe means, a tenth. In the New Testament, the message is, it's all God's. It's all His. It's not mine. We need to ask with full faith, John, John says, 
full comp. You know what that term confidence in in First John five there means in the Greek? It means at liberty to speak. When you're confident, you feel like you can really tell the person what it is they need to hear. You can bear yourself to them. There are several people in my life who I feel like I can share what's really going down. We need that. We're not meant to be closed up, bottled up, and pressed down. We need to be able to bear ourselves to one another. To be, but most of all, we need to stop playing games with God and bear ourselves to Him. Present ourselves to Him and be honest with Him. Even in our praying, we try to manipulate and, and, and act like in our mind we're somebody better. Like all of a sudden we snapped on our church thing. Okay, God, you know, I really need this to happen now. Come through for me. And we haven't talked to Him in days. The first thing we need to say is, I love you. I mean, when your kids come up to you, or, well, let me put it this way. When your kids come up to Bob and they just say, where's the candy? What do we do? We You say, hello, Bob. Then where's the candy? Right? We do the same thing with God. We just start throwing stuff at Him. And then, alright, take care of it. See you next time. No, this is a relationship. We need to be confident when we pray. And the only way is to know God. To know His heart. When, when, I, when I've gotten to know some of you guys better, I mean, I know what you would want in certain situations. I mean, I don't have to wonder when I go to Paul, his house on Sunday during the fall, I don't have to wonder if he wants the saints to win. I'm right there with him. And so I say confidently, Go saints! Who that? You know, all the stuff that I do. Why? Because I can say it confidently. Because I know I'm at liberty. Now when we were in the, in the uh, what's that place called? That podunk place, Georgia Dome? I forget what it's called. Anyway, those, those Atlanta somebody. Anyway, when we were over there, you know, it's not much liberty to speak there about who that. Now we tried to bring it, but, you know, it, it is what it is, okay? With God, you're free to speak. You're, you're at liberty to speak. Speak your heart. Bear your soul. Whatever if, if it's if it's loneliness, if you're scared, if you have an addiction, if there's serious problems of sin in your life, he already knows. Speak confidently about him. God's not one of these gods. He's not like the gods we make up in our head where if if we tell him our bad stuff, well, he's not going to give us goodies. That's not how God operates. He only gives us good things. He lavishes upon upon the wicked and the righteous. Showering down. No one is like our God. He's too good to me. I don't know about for you, but he is. I mean, he's just been too good in my life. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not worth what he's done. What he's given to me. What he's. In, I'm not worth that. I'm not. And yet he says, ask, Marshall. Keep asking. Ask for more. And ask in my name. In other words, in my character. Ask in my will. Whatever you're praying about, can you pray it in Jesus' name? Really? I mean, the caddy, is that really going to be prayed in Jesus' name? The Escalade? 
Maybe. <clears throat> but what kind of things really drive the heart of God? That's the things He's going to answer. <laughs> Just like you as a parent. There are certain things if your kid, hey dad, I'd love to go wash your car for you. Get after it, son! You know, I mean, I'd be pumped. We're too concerned with ourselves to care about the things that God cares about. But if He's our friend, it's not how it should be. Your friend, you care about stuff that they care about even if you don't. I'm not interested in some of the things my friends are interested in, but I'll listen to them. I'll try to help them. I'll go with them to certain things. Just like Jessica, who's one of my best friends, and I watch certain things that I don't want to even tell you. <laughs> For embarrassment's sake. Although, it's, although I tell people it's tough to take my man card, I've produced three, four men. Um, I don't know how you would take my man card, but if you knew some of the shows I watched, you may, you may think about it. <clears throat> Let me say this last thing this morning. You know what the Father wants from us as a church? I'm just being real candid right now. He wants us to crawl up in His lap as a little kid with full trust and confidence that whatever we say is going to be between me and Him. And He wants us to dream about our life. Dream about our kids. Dream about our church and what we can do in His kingdom. For His kingdom. In obedience to Him. He wants, to see, he wants you to see your life so much more than it is. Even right now. Just like when I take my precious Baylor and all his roughness and dubness in my arms and he says, Daddy, I love you. And I can paint a picture in my mind of what I have for him. You know? What, what I can... All the potential. This little bitty life in my arms. What he can do in the world. The good he can do in the world. I can see it. One day he'll see it. Because I treat him like that. I treat him like he's worth something. I tell him that he's worth something. That I like how he is. His uniqueness. His frankness. You know, God wants us to crawl up in his lap and he wants to show us what we were really made for. He wants to take us to places that we've never been before. I mean, I have all kind of vacation destinations in mind for these guys as soon as they get old enough. They don't even know the plans that I have for them. We're going to do some amazing stuff. So too with God. He, he wants to take us somewhere, doesn't He? He's our Father. But we got to ask. we got to go to Him. we got to trust in Him. Him. Can you see what He sees yet? Because the longer you spend with Him, the more clearly you're going to be able to see it. Your heart will be beating with His. What He cares about, you'll care about. And you'll want to be poured out for the sake of the world. To do something significant in this world. He's our Father. And He's only good. There is no evil in Him at all. He doesn't want bad things to happen in our world. That's why He's called us. 
Our response, just as Moses' was, was, here I am. Just as Isaiah was, here I am, send me. Can you say that? Would you be willing to die to your dreams to dream bigger than you ever imagined? Notice what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God loves His church. God loves every single one of you. And He's called us on a mission to bear fruit. Can you see it yet? You will. If you trust Him. If you crawl up in His arms and dream with Him. He has more than you can imagine in store for you. We live by our dreams. Blow that out of the water. Put those to death today. And trust Him. Amen.